It's good to be with you this morning. We can praise the Lord for all he's done. We can praise him for air conditioning too this morning and today. Whew, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Isn't it a blessing that we have access to the Lord and he's done away with that which separated us from him. And he's washed us and he's cleansed us from our sins for those of us that have placed our faith in him and the finished work of the cross. And that's what we're going to focus on this morning. And so um, let's just worship him this morning and thank him for his incredible love towards us. I know with all my 
have paid my ransom but this I know with all my heart his wounds have paid my ransom let's all stand together
To your name we give all the glory 
Well, good morning. Whoever is praying for the heat, stop it. Let's turn our Bibles over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, a familiar passage. We're going to do some things a little different today. If you're new here, welcome. And um, typically we're going through the book of Acts on Sunday mornings. Today we're not. We'll get back to it next week. But we thought, um, well, it's Labor Day weekend, and we had a, we had a, a picnic scheduled on the parking lot uh, following each service. And we thought, you know, years ago when we were a lot younger, people would have just showed up and we would have guilted them into staying. Like, hey, suffer for the cause of Christ, right? And they would have, yeah, we're going to do that. But now we're a little older and we're a little smarter. We're wiser, Amen. So we moved our, our fellowship time into the new developed mini-chapel area. And um, we know that especially this service, you guys miss out on a lot of that because there's another service that follows right after um, this. So we're going we're gonna to go short this morning with our time in here, and then we're going to force you to hang out with us in the mini-chapel for a little while. It's, it's called Force Fellowship. We do that sometimes. And um, so we're going to have people at all the back doors. You cannot exit that way. You have to go through the mini chapel and walk past me eating a plate of food, okay? So there's, uh, yes, amen. Uh, but there's plenty of food. They're, they're making a breakfast for you and all that. And some of you guys brought stuff out as well, so thank you. But, um, you know, we were reflecting upon this time and just thinking, you know, what, what would God want to do in a day like this if we just took some time and really the goal was to be the body of Christ and get everybody together, which over the last couple of years, the enemy has done a really good job of, of keeping people apart in the body of Christ. And we know there's various reasons for that and our own personal choices and whatnot, but we still felt and feel that it's very important that we, we come together. And so um, we're like, well, that's a communion Sunday as well. And, and what, what, what further or what more unites us than when we all come to the foot of the cross, right? Does that level the playing field or what? And so um, we just want to walk through a very familiar scripture and, and bring out a couple of things. Um, and then we're going to have an extended time of worship. And we're going we're gonna to have time of prayer as well, praying for one another as well. And I think as we, we think about this, this um, devotion, maybe it will, it will encourage some of you that really 
would love prayer, but there's maybe some fear or whatever that you got to get past to ask people to pray for you. I'm, 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 I've been praying, Lord, just, just melt us together at the foot of the cross, and whatever the needs are, may we be able to embrace one another and pray for one another. But um, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 20, um, and I've, I've always pick a little bit out of this on our this chapter on our communion Sundays, but I'm going to just read a little bit more. Therefore, in verse 20, when you come together in one place, is it not to eat the Lord's Supper? And so, for in eating, this was their problem, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? Like, I, I, I don't praise you, Paul says. And again, if you're not familiar with the background there, the early church, um, when, when they came together, they had what we understand as, as love feast. We call them potlucks. It might even be similar to what we're about to do um, next door. But they would come together and they would, they would eat. That would be a typical practice. When we go to a lot of other countries other than America, especially like in Japan and Africa, when you're done with church, you eat. Every time you come together, you, it's church, then you eat. And so culturally, that's a little, a little foreign to a lot of us. But um, in their day, that's what they would do. And, you know, Paul was basically saying, there's one setting, your house, and there's another very unique setting, and it's God's house. They're, they're, they're two separate places. And there are specific things we do in both of those places. Interestingly enough, we, we do come together and eat in both of those places. But when, when they would come together in God's house for the love feast, the idea was that there was some, some favoritism and maybe some... some uh, selfish people in the midst that just made it more about themselves than about the Lord. When we come together, the focal point should be on, on the Lord, right? We should be remembering that. And, and they, for whatever reasons, the word got back to the Apostle Paul that they were not doing that. They just, they made it about themselves. And that could be as subtle as walking into this room, really, and saying, I can't believe it. Someone's sitting in my chair. Now, it might not happen. And this first service is not as full. There's like, oh, there's usually a, a something next to where I sit. The next service, it might be full. And, and people will come in and go, I can't believe it. Someone, they're in my chair. And it could even be like, I, you know, I, I, can't, I can't believe that, I know you never say this, but Pastor Lance went longer than I think he should. <laughs> and we could just, can we, can we go there? Amen. And all of a sudden, and I do this too in worship, I don't know about you, but if I really have to think about the words, because I can daydream, and I, I, could, I, could, I could kind of go there and think about the day, where am I going for, I can do that, I can, I can, go, I can go order off a menu, right, sitting right over here. I can, I can make it about myself. That's why I'm so blessed that we have a spirit-filled room, the Lord is in our midst, we have gifted anointed worship, amen, leading us to the throne room, helping us. Do you, anybody need help? Yeah, I need help. I need lots of help when it comes to worshiping. 
in a corporate setting. But for, they, for, for, for them, they, they just they made it about themselves. And it, so selfish did they become that word got back to the founding pastor. That in a time when they should be really, because they would always partake of the bread and the cup and remember the Lord's body in those love feast settings, maybe at the end is what they felt. But they, were, they became like rushing to the front of the line, making it about filling their guts, filling their stomachs, and getting drunk. And so it, it really got out of hand. And so the idea is we do come together. But then, then, then Paul brings them back and he's like, remember this, though. I, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you guys. When I came to you and I talked to you about Jesus and who he was and what he did, and, and, and part of all of that was he explained to them that final night before Jesus went to the cross and what Jesus instituted as an ordinance there. He says, I gave to you what, what the Lord gave to me, basically, <clears throat> that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. He said, do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So part of this is to, is to look back. It's just to, it's to look back at, at what the Lord did and to really think through that. And so as we, we put out the bread and the cup, they are, as you well know, if you've attended church here for any amount of time, they're symbols. They, they are symbols that were used in a Passover meal, a Passover meal that Jesus would have had his parents set out before him as a little boy, <clears throat> a Passover meal that... Once a year, he would have continued to remember and, and, and participate in with the disciples. That night, before he went to the cross, that's exactly what they were doing. He was asking them, you remember, go and, and, and set the table and whatnot. They came together, and there are many different elements on the table that all the way back to the days of Moses were designed. God told Moses do this, have this meal, and, and these symbols are going to be part of the meal. And the whole goal of that meal was to look back and to remember God's liberating them as a nation from Egypt. That was the focal point. For centuries, that's the focal point. And now Jesus, on this one night, the creator of all, the Savior that's about to go to the cross, the God in flesh, the second person of the Godhead who's been in that body for 33 and a half years is about to go to the cross and he, he's with his disciples and he takes two of those symbols on the table and he changes their meaning. He says, it no, this no longer, this bread no longer, you know, is going to point to like it's unleavened and it would always remind them that they would need to have 
left Egypt in great haste. No longer does this bread, as you are going to hold it and, and, and break it and consume it, no longer does it point back to the liberation of a nation. Now it points to me and my liberating souls from the penalty of death. Isn't that cool? So, so that's what you're doing. And then, of course, he would take the cup. And, and as we, we read through that, he says, he also took the cup in verse 25, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of, of me. So the, the bride, we're the bride of Christ, and we're remembering the groom and the amazing sacrifice and commitment that he made for us on that cross to make this merging, this marriage, this family possible. And it's new. It's a new, it's a new covenant. It's, it's, not, it's not the old covenant has now been fulfilled by him. He's establishing a new covenant. The old covenant was all about, really about atonement, at one with God. We're all sinners. Our sin needs to be dealt with. But it was the shedding of the blood of a turtle dove or a lamb or a goat or a bullock that, that brought the appeasement we talked about a couple of, about a month ago that satisfied the, the righteous anger of God. He was upset at our sin and that which separates us from God. And so the old covenant was now um, fulfilled in Christ. It all pointed to him. Every sacrifice pointed to him. And now he's... He's there and he's establishing a new covenant in his blood. And so now atonement, at-one-ment, salvation, forgiveness of sins, eternal life is all being provided by him on that cross. And we as the, the, the bride, we come together and we focus on him and we thank him. We remember and we thank him. Lori and I spent a couple of days in Yosemite this last weekend. By the way, it was hot there, too. Don't go to Yosemite right now. It's very hot, very smoky. But we were, we were walking across this meadow. Actually, we were on our bikes. We were riding. We heard this singing. And these, these people were just singing these country songs out loud, just at the top of their lungs. And I happen to know one of them, the songs, not the people, but the songs. I was kind of humming it along with Lori. Hey, let's go over there and, and see what this, the big deal is about. And so we go over there, and this guy's got a cool cowboy hat on. And, and it's two couples, and they're young, and... And um, the, the, the one guy that was so animated, he, he had been sauced up a little bit. He was on different spirits than the spirit that was driving me that day. And, and, and just a young guy. And, and, and I go, hey, so, and then, oh, we're sorry, we're in your way. There was a path, you know, and Half Dome was all lit, a beautiful night. And, and, and I said, no, 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 who was singing? And um, the one guy's like, I was. And I go, what are you singing about? And he says, oh, they just, they just proposed. He proposed, she said, yeah, look at the... The ring and the this and the that. And I looked at the ring and, and he goes, oh, man. I, I go, wow, that's beautiful, man. You know, and Lori's looking. You know, Lori's doing the girl thing with the girls. And then the guy's coming over here. And, and I just said, you know, that is the best, the best decision you ever make here on planet Earth. There's one more decision that's more important than that. And I'm trying to lead the guy into, you know, out of his intoxication into something else, you know. But just this, this, this conversation starts going this way. And. He kind of, his name was Dylan. He pulls me off the side. He's like, hey, it sounds like you know something about marriage. And I go, well, yeah, well, we've been married for 35 years. And no way throws his hat down. Have you been married for 35? That whole thing, you know, just all animated and, and all worked up and everything. And I, I just said, yeah, it's, 
It's an honor. And I go, I love the smiles on your faces. You are just so in love. You're just, I'm just looking at them. They're just, they're just beaming. They're singing. And, 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 yeah, there's a little bit of alcohol in the air. You can smell it. But it was, they, they, they at least got the love thing right. And, and I, I was so moved by that that I, you know, began to talk about the Lord and, and, and marriage in his eyes and this stuff. And I said, you know, if you're really serious about doing this right, I said, um, uh, give me a call. Look me up over here. I will love to talk to you guys. And why I went through all that. I go, I will meet you right here and officiate the wedding one day is what I said. But I was so excited about their joy. It was intoxicating. I said, it's the wrong word maybe, but it was... <laughs> It was, it, was, it, was, it was catchy. I was moved by it. When you see someone that's moved by the Lord, you know where I'm going with this. Remember. Remember. And when you really go there, that moves me. When I really go there, that moves you. When you get your focus right and I get my focus right, and our focus is right, man, the groom is going to be moved, really moved. And that's what it's about. And so remembering is, is absolutely huge. And then I would even say, if you look at verse 25 in the same manner as took the cup, he's like, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So there's this there's this present reality like he's here and, 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 and we are engaging with him. And we are, in verse 26, as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, the cup, we're proclaiming the Lord's death, like publicly, all of us, until when? Until when? Oh, oh, oh. In my Bible, I, I like to write cross-reference verses. And I'm one of those guys. I always have notes and stuff. And I put post-its all over my Bible. But I have these R's. Remember, rekindle, realign, re-engage, and reunite. Now, someone's going to come and ask me that afterwards. So I'm going to say it again. Remember, verses 23 through 26. Rekindle, verse 25. Realign. Verse 26, look to the future. Anybody need to be realigned right now? <laughs> Amen. Okay. And then re-engage in verses 27 through 20 or through 32, which is where we begin to look within. So we look back. We look to the present. We look to the future. But we also look within. Therefore, whoever eats this bread in verse 27 and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. And so let a man or a woman examine himself and so let him eat in, uh, eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's Body. And he even goes on to say, for this reason, many are even weak and sick among you. And sometimes we don't connect. Wow, you know, maybe the Lord allows a sickness in my life because I've been disobedient. I've, I've 
I'm living in sin or whatnot. Sometimes we don't connect those dots, but this is one of those scriptures where like, wow, that's kind of interesting. But uh, 32, when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned by, uh, with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. <laughs> Just an interesting um, look around as well. Look around. So I, 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 we do. We, we look back. And we remember. We look, we look within. And we rekindle. And then we look around, maybe with respect. If we're just going to go with the R thing here, you know. There's just this respect towards one another. And I think maybe Paul knew that if you get this right, it will change the posture of the body of Christ. It'll change just, just who you are with one another. And maybe that will even roll over into who we are and what we do um, next door together. So one more scripture I'd like to share and then we'll, well, we'll partake of communion. But this is for you that might just want prayer um, here as we're going to have communion in, in James chapter uh, 5. Let me start out a little early here. Verse 7, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter um, rain. So again, the focus is on the Lord, his return. And like a farmer would be so excited for the rewards, for the fruit uh, of his labor you also be patient. And then verse 8, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another and brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. And then, you know, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. The whole focal point here, the book of James, is persevering faith. And then, so look at the prophets. They, they suffered and they were, they were patient Indeed, he gives the classic, we count them as blessed, even those who endured. You've heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and, and merciful. Um, and, and then he gets into the, but above all, brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, lest you fall into judgment. And you just see the flow of this. If anyone is suffering, let him pray. So he's talking about perseverance and persevering faith. Man, how we need to keep our eyes on the Lord and, and know he's coming back. And, and think about the prophets. You can go to whatever prophet you want to. They all had to endure for the sake of God. And the classic of Job, I think about um, in my notes here, I wrote down Job thirteen fifteen. Though he slay me, I will trust in him. In chapter 23, Job would say, He knows the way or the path that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And so just like think, think about that too. So you might be like, yeah, man, my faith is being tested right now. And, and I need some persevering faith to push through something right now. Great. As the body of Christ, anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? 
Let him sing psalms or songs, which we are doing. Anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him or her with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. He's committed any sins, he will be forgiven. 16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. You know, there, there, there are times when, when I pray with fervency. Fervency is like I am connected with God deep in my soul. I am connected with what I'm lifting, you know, to the Lord. And I'm not, I'm not going to let go of that till I've really given it to him. I'm like fervent about that. And there's times where I'm not fervent in, in my praying. Sometimes when I pray over a meal, I'm really hungry. I'm in a hurry to pray. Hey, amen? Anybody? Okay. So, but then there's those times where this is serious stuff. It's, it's uh, you know, relationships are being tested and maybe someone's got health issues. Just life. And man, don't you, wanna, don't you want people to come around you that have faith, like to lock arms, like they really believe God is going to hear us right now? That's, that's, what, that's what James is getting here. That's what he's, he's getting at here. And um, the, the idea is, you know, we, we, we call for the elders, and that's just seasoned saints. I, I love to talk to people who know a little bit about what they're talking about. And I love to pray with people who know a little bit about God and that he answers prayer, and they have that confidence. And, and they know that it's a work of God, and that's why when we pray, we have oil up here, and, and if you do come, we're going to ask you, can we know you with oil? And that's what we're doing as seasoned saints, as elders. Um, the oil, there's no power in the oil in and of itself. Um, we didn't have any special prayer meeting over the oil. There's none of that kind of stuff going on. It is a point of contact. It is a symbol. It could be any kind of oil. And the power is the Holy Spirit, which it points to. Amen? And so... I'm going to ask me just to continue to lead us for the next few moments in worship. And as you feel led, we're going to have some of our um, leaders come up here and stand in the front. If you need prayer for anything, we have oil. We'll pray over you as we stand here, and we'll serve you communion here. If you just want to grab some elements and go back to your seat and hang out with the Lord, you can do that um, as well. And one more thing I'd like to say is this is for believers. This is for Christians. And so if you're, you're not a Christian, we invite you to, first and foremost, I just say online or, or here, sit back and maybe during this first song and, and, and just think about what God's word says about all of us. In Romans 3, 23, it says we're all sinners. Amen? We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. You're born that way. And our sin separates us from God. But this, this idea of who Jesus is, Understanding who he is is important. And in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it talks about how we need to confess him. We need to be able to, to recognize who he is. 
we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, and we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we can be saved. And so I just take this, this, this first song maybe and just chill and have a talk with God if you're not saved and, and say, you know, I'm not a Christian. I'm not saved. But I believe in who you are, Jesus. I believe that you came and, and died on a cross for me. You're God in the flesh. You were buried, and three days later you rose from that. And, and ask him to come into your life and to save you. And then, then it makes sense to come and partake of the bread and the cup, amen, and thank the Savior for saving you. <laughs> and, and maybe take some time, we got a little more time, and, and examine yourself this morning as well. Make sure your heart's right. If the Lord shows something that you need prayer for, come on up, we'll pray for you, or something you need to confess and repent and turn from. Have that talk with the Lord as well. Let's worship, and um, however you feel led, come on.